Wait for it. There's no need to wait, geeks. We are back. This is the Active Geek Podcast with your hosts, Jim and Chuck. And Chuck, we promised that we'd be back this week. No hiatus. We're, t- we're talking a lot of Netflix. In fact, we might be talking all Netflix, minus my pick of the week, because we've got a Netflix trailer. Yeah. We're breaking down a little bit of what we were excited for after the quiet, geeked week. And then we've got a sweet tooth because we're talking post-apocalyptic hybrids in a post in a pandemic world. So without any further ado, let's just jump into a trailer that you and I have been t- clamoring for since the announcement um, a, of a property that you and I have been clamoring for for what seems to be 30 plus years. And that is Masters of the Universe, more specifically Masters of the Universe revelations coming from Kevin Smith and Netflix. And yesterday, Tom and I did a Jupiter's Legacy recap episode and on Galaxy Wars. And it was easily 30 minutes of us just railing that show about how bad we hated it. And like that, you know, Netflix, you know, they're they're pretty shitty for what they did about saying it's anthology. Same stuff, same gripes we had. And I, I had said, you know, it doesn't make me want to watch any more Netflix stuff because, you know, I feel duped. And then this trailer comes out and I'm like, well, Netflix, here's my money. Because this trailer, played to the tune of I Need a Hero, was one of the best animated trailers that I have ever seen for a property that I grew up loving. I wanted to be He-Man. I didn't run around with that outfit because, you know, you get arrested for stuff like that as a kid. But I loved every single thing about this trailer from the colors to the character designs to the voice casting it was damn near perfect so what did you think of this trailer i loved it um we talked about this off air obviously it looks updated but they didn't change too much like they didn't go out of their way to completely reinvent he-man they updated it to a time that was 40 years later than the original so like you said it was very vibrant the colors just popped. Even the stills that we've seen, what was it, like two weeks ago? It just, they were so vibrant and colorful, and I loved it. And uh, I Need a Hero, obviously, like you said, was amazing. We got to see not a whole lot of it. We've seen a lot of it from the stills, like I said, that they gave a few weeks ago. But it, it looked fantastic. Yeah, I, th- I think the one thing that stuck out to me was how many characters that they they highlight it in such a short trailer yeah. i feel like we saw everybody scareglow that was on the cast i don't know call. did we see Stinkor? did we see triclops i don't remember I, seeing them I, i'm pretty sure we did i'm more than certain we saw triclops there they capitalized on everything and i think this is great i i can't wait for this it comes out in july we're very close to it this is something that you know we're gonna kind of move right into the geeked week this is something that is going to go hand in hand with the stuff that I found super interesting from the Geeked Week. I made a, a comment last week when I said that Netflix is trying to, you know, plant their flag as the North American anime company. You know, with Castlevania, the Pacific Rims, they did Yasuke, and they continue to announce more animated properties, more anime-esque series. And a few of the stuff that came on the the Geeked Week promo stuff is stuff that 
I'm looking forward to now that I really didn't know much about where it was coming. Like the Tom Clancy animated series. Yeah. I, I'm looking very forward to that. And Derek Kolstad, you know, John Wick guy, he's part of that. Exception, the horror-based anthology anime looks amazing and looks creepy as shit. Twilight of the Gods, oh. uh, Zack Snyder, Norse mythology anime series. Like, there's so much stuff coming out that I'm excited for. And then they say, you know, we're going to do a Castlevania spinoff. I loved Castlevania 1 through 4, and now they're giving us a spinoff. They also, you know, dropped the Resident Evil animated series that looks phenomenal. And then they gave you, you know, there's one thing that kind of stuck out that was new that we didn't really talk about last week that I was super pumped for, and that's Cowboy Bebop. Yeah. You know, just seeing, like, the attention to detail that the cast took for their look. You know, John Cho's hair is perfect. He looks exactly like the character. So I'm super stoked for that. And then there was all the stuff that, you know, we talked about last week that we were hoping for. Uh, We didn't get a lot of Umbrella Academy stuff, but we did see, you know, the episode list. We got a little bit of The Witcher, which almost got me motion sick for how fast it was flashing. We got a little bit of the Sandman. We got a little bit of Sandman. We got a bunch of stuff that we were looking forward to. But in the scheme of things, I was underwhelmed with Geeked Week. And I'm curious to see where you are because we've kind of talked about it on Loki Lounge before we went on and like through text. But I'm curious to see where you're at with what you were looking, what you are looking forward to the most with Geeked Week. I agree with you. It was definitely underwhelming. They had a lot of stuff. You can't deny that. The stuff that I, they did have, I was like, okay, this is cool. But there was a lot of stuff I was like, eh. Like, it just didn't pique my interest. Um, did you feel that they, the stuff that they really thought people were going to be like, oh, wow, I didn't know they had that. Like, did you think that they put too much onus in that? Like, the, the Liam Neeson movie, the Jason Momoa movie, and the Jean-Claude Van Damme project? Do you think that they put too much onus, like look at who we got we got two super old actors and we got jason momoa who is a hot actor and you know he's a winner but you know i'm not spending extra money for a john claude van damme project or a liam neeson movie it the first couple days honestly where they excelled in was the anime yeah it's cheaper and easier to make i I think it was day four i don't know it was okay i watched all of the reveals i didn't really watch the after show um, a couple segments because honestly, I found them kind of annoying. I didn't like Mari at all, and <laughs> Raul Coley was cool, but it, it was definitely bad writing. So, to me, like I was kind of put off by that. Like just yeah, it was. It kind of felt felt like a great value DC fandom. Yeah, like did they have great property? Yes. But the way they presented it, like, to me, that's why, like, I wasn't interested in because, like, I'm watching it. I'm like, I'd rather you just not tell me and just show me clip to clip because their banter and, like I said, the writing, whoever wrote that. I would have liked it to actually be on Netflix's homepage. And, like, when you log into Netflix, it's like, yeah, go live right now, Geek Tweak, instead of it being broadcast directly to their Twitter. Yeah, I like I think and again, I think Netflix does a terrible job at advertising properties. And I think that we're just so ingrained in today's culture that 
we 90% of us have Netflix that when we go there, we'll find something that we like. And I think that's why some of their properties succeed because, you know, they know when it's like on the front page. But I also think it's why some of their properties fail is because they don't advertise for it. No, they, you know what I mean? It's a shame. But what are some of the things that you're you're looking forward to? Because we could sit here and rail Netflix as yeah. long as we want, but this is a Netflix as you know uh, episode, and we're going to talk about a series I think we both liked. So, what are some of the things that you're you're looking forward to? Was there anything that surprised you from uh, the reveals too? Well, of course, my favorite and most anticipated is Master Universe. Like, I don't need to go into that because we just yeah. talked about it. The animated Resident Evil series looked amazing, like. Yeah, what did you what did you think of the reveal of the cast for the live action? Uh, the live action series. Uh, I was like, who the hell are they besides of uh, Lance Reddick? Yeah, it looked like um, like bad bitch version of Charlie's Angel, where Lance Reddick is, you know, Charlie's Angels of the the bad bad girls club. And like, speaking of Charlie's Angels, oh no! Well, that one chick is the only one I that I knew and I didn't even recognize her. Like they were going through the cast. Like they were making a big deal about like, we're going to go through the cast. I'm like, I don't recognize anyone except Lance Reddick. And yeah, it looked like a CW promo. It did. did. And especially when they were doing like those fake commercials and they were like, Oh, what is that? Yeah. And then like, like I said, the writing of that show of the geek weed was awful, but yeah. So, as soon as Lance Reddick spoke, I was like, oh, it's Lance Reddick. And then they were like, oh, we're going to show the cast. And I'm like, who the heck are they? And they were going down the line. And I was like, okay, never heard of this person. Don't know that project they worked on. And then the very last uh, girl on the end, they were like, so-and-so from Charlie's Angels. I was like, okay, I saw that movie. It sucked. But at least I know who she is. Um, that the first, like Honestly, the movie that they're they're doing in theaters gets me more excited. That cast is, you know, we we talked about it and like it's a hot new cast, but I'm so much more excited for that than I am this yeah. series. I and the anime series, I'm more excited for that than over anything. They were calling it an anime. I was like, is that really anime? Um, yeah, that Castlevania is technically anime. But the way, like how I looked at that animated series was like it looked like the cutscenes from a video game. Like that's how absolutely. I was going to say this. That's thing. how well it looked. Like. It, yeah. it just looked like, you know, when you're playing a video game and it's like a five-minute cutscene to the next scene. It just looked like that for the whole series. I yeah. was like, that looks amazing. So Yeah, they did a good job with I'm that. I'm excited about that. The Zack Snyder uh, animated project, I'm super stoked for because we didn't see any footage, but we got the voice cast. No, but that, that cast is sexy. That's like... Oh, fantastic! That pull that pulls me to a theater with that voice yeah, cast. I mean, they pulled a lot of Game of Thrones characters. Um, which, of course, you which have makes to. Sense. Uh, and then you know his ex- his explanation was, "It's my take on Norse mythology." I was like, "I'm sold." Yeah, and it's gonna be like the design of it, the shots, like it's gonna be beautiful because yeah. he sh- he puts together a beautiful, realistic movie. The possibilities of him doing an anime are endless, and so I'm here for it's it. It's being directed by Jay Olivia, and he yeah. did a lot of uh, DC work. He did uh, Justice League Dark and Batman Assault on Arkham, which were two. Yeah, he does good stuff. I mean, he's done way more than that, but they were two of my favorite properties that he's done. Yeah, for sure. So 
what else like were you looking forward to? Uh, The Witcher. Um, even though it was yeah. like did, ten seconds. Uh, dude, it was like a acid dream. How fast yeah. that was going. Yeah, so so I'm excited about that. Uh, I'm excited for the. Uh, I mean, I was really hoping they would show something of Stranger Things, and they were just like, "Ah, oh, we're on set." Same. Yay. Yeah, it's like, oh, it's the Duffer Brothers. Uh, this is who we're working yeah. with. And then, they, like, they were making a big deal, and they were like, we love Anna Green Gables, and she played blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I have no idea who this chick is. Um, oh, yeah, she's from Annie with a knee. Yeah. I was like, uh, I don't know. But, like, I mean, I was, yeah. like, I was hoping they would show a little more of that. And then one, like, property that I have no, like, I'm not familiar with, but the animation look great was Arcane. From yeah, the, from the League, League of Legends. Legends. Like I know her just yeah. from like a bunch of cosplayers, cosplayer, and I was like, "Oh, it's the chick with the long blue braids." Um, but the animation looked sick. So, be yeah. be honest with you, I'm more excited about a lot of the animated stuff rather than the live action. Same. Um, I think Netflix. If they, you know, I may be ignorant to their company, but I think that they should open their own animation studio because. The stuff we mentioned before that I've already watched, I thought was great. Um, Yasuke is fantastic. It's it's traditional anime, but it's Americanized, obviously. But I loved everything about that, and all the stuff that they're you know they're working on is pretty cool. I think they should honestly stay away from live action anime, like they did with Death Note, and they should work on just p- perfecting more mainstream anime to bring light to the anime that's out there for people who are kind of on the fence, but. You know, overall, Geeked Week for me was uh, underwhelming. Yes. I know you you kind of echoed that thought. And uh, we'll see what happens. We'll cover probably most of all that stuff that we talked about because, you know, that's who we are. It's on brand. But let's go to my pick of the week. And I'll be honest with you, man. I have three of them. Uh, one from Image, one from, I was going to say Warner Brothers, one from Marvel, and one from DC. And I was on the fence with this one, using this as a uh, – using this as – a pick of the week because it's Jupiter's legacy <laughs> Requiem. Uh, and it's written by Mark Miller with art from Tommy Lee Edwards. And the only reason it's on here is because I think the comics were better than the show. Uh, number one. So it's a special double sized issue. The next chapter in 2021 to so get this bullshit that they're preaching Netflix global phenomenon begins here as Mark Miller returns for the sequel to one of the most critically acclaimed series. Chloe and Hutch have gotten married and had more children. The superheroes are working in harmony with humanity and creating a perfect world. But all is not well in the Garden of Eden as the Samson family gets a gets ripped apart and the secrets of the Netflix show's mysterious island begin to be revealed. Order big as this is this will be a juggernaut. If they are not selling you a gold-painted turd <laughs> and saying that this is going to be a juggernaut, I have never heard that. So if you wanted the follow-up to the cliffhanger that was left at season one, you just read this book because you realize that Hutch and, and Chloe got married and they had children. So congratulations. As somebody who trekked through the eight episodes of Jupiter's Legacy, are you picking this up? No. Okay, I am, surprisingly, because, you know, I'm a glutton for punishment, and here we are. Let's go to Marvel, and it wouldn't be 
an episode in May or June without a Heroes Reborn, and this one's Heroes Reborn, Weapon X, and Final Flight. This was my most anticipated yeah, I remember. issue coming out of this entire series. And it's written by Ed Brisson with art from Roland Boshi. And they're the best there is at what they do. In a world without Avengers, the Squadron Supreme protects and defends the interests of America. But where does that leave a country like Canada? The Great White North is now a wasteland. Their forests are scorched. Their provinces are annexed. Their people barely surviving. Who will stand up and protect them from the supremacy of the Squadron? Weapon X and Final Flight. That's who. You picking this one up? Yeah, I actually just picked up a shit ton of Heroes Reborn the other day, so... Because I, I got the first issue just to try it out, and I liked it. So then I went the other day and got, like, all the rest of the, the main story in, like, four or five tie-ins. So. Did you get Night Gwen? No. Good, because you would have wasted your money. Um, <laughs> let's go to our DC issue. And uh, this is one that I know you and I have been talking about. This is a big one. This is one that... If you like this character and want this character to proceed and continue to shine and hit the mainstream again, it's Static Season 1, Static Shock. Can't wait. Uh, a long at, at long last, the most famous face of the Milestone universe is making his shocking return. Bullied nerd Virgil Hawkins wasn't the kind of kid you normally find on the streets at the protest, but like everyone else in the city of Dakota, he was fed up. Unfortunately, the first time he stood up to raise his voice, the world turned upside down. The experimental terror gas or the experimental tear gas released that day left some of his classmates maimed or dead, but it left Virgil and others with stunning new abilities. Virgil has power inside him now, real power, and the ability to change and or and the ability to channel and manipulate electromagnetic fields. But there's anger burning inside him too. What is, what is he supposed to do about all of this? And first and foremost, what is he supposed to do about his bullies now that they're given superpowers too? A dynamic creative team, a dynamic creative team of new comic voices and milestone media veterans join forces to open up a new chapter in the story of the most iconic black teen superhero in comics history. You getting this? Yeah, definitely. Uh, so two out of three ain't bad for the week. I know it's it, you know it's because I didn't put like comics like Fart Canyon and like Literally, you know who fart. who killed Mister Magoonabob Fart you know. Canyon. Is, please tell me that's real. It is not real, wow. uh, but if a you know an, a rising comic book artist and storyboard writer wants to take that, it is officially trademarked. So contact me activegeekproductions at gmail dot com and we can talk about. Fart Canyon. But let's move into spoiler territory as we explore Sweet Tooth, a pandemic post-apocalyptic series that came out during a pandemic featuring a bunch of hybrid children who may or may not be adorable, a former football player who turned mercenary, turned babysitter, and a bunch of bad people. And a bunch of people trying to survive and not get, you know, shrink-wrapped in, lit on fire. You didn't read the comics. I've read the comics. If people are looking to read the comics, there's new Sweet Tooth out now. Another series came out, so pick that up. What did you think of the series Sweet Tooth 
produced by the Downies, Downey, uh, Robert Downey Jr. and his wife. I loved it. Um, it was a little different than I expected. I ex- like it was a very dark series. I expected it to be really, really dark, and I I don't want to say it's a family friendly series, but it like you could watch it with your family. Like I expected it to be like super, super dark and uh, out there and stuff like that. It was weird, but it it is different than I thought it was. But yeah. I was definitely pleased. Like I didn't read the comics. I have no idea. Like I do want to read them, and now they're all on that uh, DC Infinite. So I was like, yeah, might as well read them. Are you still paying for that? I forgot about it. <laughs> I'll be honest with it's you. Just sucking ten dollars out your wallet. I totally forgot I was paying for it until I saw the app the other day. Because a few months ago, I tried to get rid of it, and they were like, "Oh, you got to log on to your computer." And I was like, "Ah, oh, my computer's upstairs." Um, and then I forgot. So I might as well just read that before I get rid of it. Yeah, it'll take you about four more months. Yeah. But I I loved it. I thought the character building was phenomenal. I thought the uh, world building was great. Like it it kind of hit close to home because of the pandemic. Um, yeah, I think it hit closer because they were wearing the masks. Yeah, like when when it it's all human scenes. Like when you know you have the doctor and his wife, and I'm sitting there and I'm like, wow, they really just like pop those masks on like it was yesterday and i was in you know target and i was like oh man this is way too close to home right now yeah it i think it came out at the right i think it, if it came out at the beginning of the pandemic I, I don't think it would be i think it would be too soon for yeah. some people um but like the whole scenes with dr singh and his wife in the town like they were disturbing yeah um yeah, a lot of that stuff didn't happen in the comics. Yeah, that's where you... They spent a lot of time. Yeah, you know, they spent a lot of time establishing characters that are appropriate for a series, like Bear and Amy and the Sings and you know and the horse, the Sings horse. They focused on that a lot. Uh, it even got like a montage as it ran through the city. I was like, oh, this is poetic. <laughs> but they did spend a lot of time focusing on characters who are newly created for the show and i'm not mad at them you know that the pacing you know we talked jupiter's legacy a few weeks ago and the pacing was off in that i think the pacing was great in this yeah they spent a good amount of time exploring the wasteland the stuff with gus and pubba i thought that that was great uh you, you amy and and her kid you know not not her kid but amy and wendy i thought that that was a good storyline and building the sanctuary and the preserve and I, you know the stuff that they did with the town and the sings was great i think that where they kind of messed up was they didn't really explain a lot about abbott yeah uh, which is great because now we can kind of move forward and leave you know crack this mystery per se in season two if it happens yeah and like you kind of nailed it on the head they had three like big storylines like i think the sings was a storyline amy mm-hmm. and then gus you know mixed with Papa and um jeopard like Jeopard. they there were three big storylines that didn't meet to the very end and it didn't seem jumbled it didn't seem you know it like you said the pacing was correct like it felt right. Like it didn't seem like, oh wow, like why are they spending so much time on 
the things here and I want to know about Gus. Like I think they did it appropriately and I think it it worked. And Yeah, I totally I totally agree. And it like you said with Jupiter's legacy, like it was all over the place. I after the series I didn't think it was all over the place. Like, I didn't sit there and go, Wow, like they should have spent a little more time on here and a little time in here. Like from what I wanted out of the show, I got. Like obviously, yeah, and I th- there's questions that I want to be answered, especially with Abbott. But hopefully, we get that in season two. Yeah, I think they really set this up where it wasn't a cliffhanger like Jupiter's Legacy, but they actually set it up that this has legs and it can go mm-hmm. forward. They they set it up at a moment where you want more. Jepper gets shot. Bear goes to rescue him. You know, uh, not Bear, I'm sorry, Amy goes to rescue him. So now those two stories that were still left open are now tied. Yeah. Bear is going to be tied to them. I don't, like, honestly, you know, future building, I don't know where Bear fits into this because she's not a huge, she's not even a character in the book. Gus and Wendy, their story has now told. So now we're we're moving into three new stories with Gus and Wendy and the, um, the rest of the hybrids, Amy, Bear, and Jep. You're going to have the doctor, but oh wait, Birdie's now alive, which kind of adds a whole new wrinkle. Mm-hmm. Um, also not in the comics. When they went to Alaska and you saw that, like the, I think it's the beginning of the eighth episode when they're in Alaska, I looked at Chelsea and I said, well, his mom's alive and here we go. Like whenever I think that I'm turning the bend where I'm like, I know what's going to happen, they knock me out of course and i'm like i'm fine with that because i i think that they did a really good job with this yeah. series um to, to to me about the series my like my think thought about it as someone who's read the comics is i love the tone that they went with you you wanted something dark i didn't expect dark because when they promoted this because this was one that they promoted they said this is fun for the whole family and as i'm watching it at first i'm like man they're really going to kid this down this is going to be like a real kitty based post-apocalyptic show. We didn't yeah. get that. When Jeopard's killing the last men with the bear trap, I was like, how the hell is this fun for the family? Yeah. I'm not going to sit down with an eight-year-old kid and, and watch this, that, but I'm sitting there like, this is amazing. The thing that like, kind of like, not messed me up, but I was like, whoa, it was like when they went to the party and Doug is like, oh yeah, yeah. you know, and they're all happy and all of a sudden his fingers start switching. And they just like, without a blink of the eye, Tied him down, wrapped him in shrink wrap, did the blood test, and burned him alive. Like, yeah, it's crazy how fast they moved. Like, what if you have muscle spasms or a cramp? Why? Well, you know, my foot does that, that all the time when I have a cramp. Let me ask you: Did you try to move your finger as fast as that? Because I tried and I couldn't do it. Um, I'm doing it right now. I mean, my one finger is. Let's be honest. I'm doing. I'm doing it right my now. My one finger is completely shattered. So uh, my one pinky. Yeah, so you I can't, can't move do that. that. But I tried it with my right, yeah, and I'm but, like, it's not as easy as it looked. But I was like, no, not not at all. I was like, um, but when that happened, like, I was a little like taken back. I was like, whoa, like they're sitting there having a party, and then, and then they're singing, like they're caroling outside. I'm like, these people are delusional. And Sing sees that, but he's like, well, I have to go along, or they're gonna kill my wife. Well, well, here's the thing. Sing is that poetic hero that straddles the line between asshole and hero. Um, he's going to have to experiment on live yeah. hybrids. You know, that's what they spoke about. That's unethical. He's, you know, he is, he's conflicted, and as would anybody. You know, I'm not going to say that this guy's a piece of shit, but 
Like it's going to be hard to when you see him, you know, he operated on Gecko Boy at the end, and he's like, oh, you know, I don't want to do this, but you know, obviously he's with Abbott. But with this series, like I thought, the cinematography was yeah. phenomenal. Yes. Uh, the landscapes were beautiful. The action sequences, especially again that scene with the bear trap, but also the scene on the the train with the football guy with the football yeah. buddy, it was it was shot like it was a comic book, like the lightning's flashing in the background. You don't see the result, the end result of the last men getting killed with the with the bear trap, but you do see it moving, and it pauses, and you see the lightning strike. I thought that that was like a full comic book panel. I thought that that was gorgeous i liked what they did to change the change it from the comic i love the comic it is maybe top four of my favorite comics of all wow. time i love this story um and it's darker than the series and i feel like if they went true to form we wouldn't have gotten a great series i think we would have got a good one that would isolate a popular or a huge uh, majority of viewers. So what they did was right for the perfect uh, climate. I thought that the acting was great, and I think that the hybrids looked believable. Yeah, I was. I think they did a good job. I was job. surprised with Bobby. Uh, yeah, Bobby. Uh, seriously different from the comics. But um, he's not this cute little. That's your toy grab, right? That's your Funko Pop. That's you know uh, the plushie when it comes out. Bobby is more of like a woodchuck head and a gangly, like me in middle school body, where it looks like Jack Skeleton with a uh, groundhog head. Well, this means nothing to people outside of uh, like the Delaware Valley area. But I was like, oh, it's Bobby, the third um, famous groundhog. Because I thought of Gus from the uh, Pennsylvania lottery commercials. I was like, oh, it looks like Gus. yeah, that that honestly was my one of my only problems because that's a big character in the comics, and I don't like the way that they oh, did Bobby's it. Oh, Bobby's big, and it feels like it was in certain aspects. Yeah, certain storylines. Like you're gonna if they go in the right direction. And I don't want to spoil it because it's like on the tip of my tongue. But if they go in that direction, he plays a big role. And when I saw it, I was like, oh, I was like, how are you gonna explain his story? Like, where are we going to go from that? And maybe, you know, again, I'm not going to try and lead you to water so you can think about it, but maybe that will be told and it's already being told subtly just based on some things okay. that will kind of explain it in this in the second. But did anything kind of stand out to you in this series that separates it from other comic book series? I mean, to me, there wasn't like a clear cut hero and, you know, and. In other series like Umbrella Academy and um, you know Jupiter's Legacy, there was a hero, and there really wasn't. Um, I feel like Gus was likable, and Gus was you rooted for Gus, and you wanted him to succeed and find his mom. But I wouldn't call him a hero. Um, yeah. But to me, that Jeopard's conflicted. To me, there wasn't a a clear cut hero in this series to make me think like that's a little different than other comic book uh, adaptations. Okay. I kind of think if we have to kind of isolate one character as a hero, I think it's Amy. Because she's rescuing all at the sanctuary. Well, she's rescuing everybody. Um, She rescued Jeb. She rescued 
um, Wendy, who she could have just lived in that zoo by herself and put that little pig child and left her for slaughter, but she kept them. She kept Bobby. She kept everybody else. And what she's doing is she's standing up to the villain in Abbott, and she's the only one who's willing to stand up to him at this moment. So I think she's probably the clear-cut hero. One thing I got to ask, so you read the comics when – so when they showed Jeopard flashback and he had a child, the first thing I thought was like, oh, it's Wendy. I was like, that's where yeah. that's where it's going to tie in. And I really thought See, like, I that's don't... what's going to happen, and it, it didn't. <laughs> no, no, Wendy's Bear's well, sister. Yeah, but they didn't at the time. Like, like I said, as soon as they said, like, Jeopard, like, his kid is, you know, they showed the flashback and he's like, having his baby i'm like oh it's gonna be wendy and that's why like he couldn't take care of it so he dropped it off at the sanctuary um yeah but yeah the timelines wouldn't match up because this was already like that was pre last man and wendy or amy's story was no i guess wendy's 10 years old too so yeah it could have matched up i think we're gonna see the child of jeopards the goat boy i just I think we're going to, yeah, I think we're going to see it, but I think we're going to see it in a way that we weren't expecting okay. it. Um, which, again, you know, I'm, I need to put on my you haven't read the comics glasses <laughs> and shut my ass up. Um, I think, number one, um, the cinematography separates us from most comic book series. Um, this was pis- pic- uh, This was picturesque. I felt like I was watching a comic book adaptation of, like, Nat Geo's Planet Earth. Yeah, it looked... It looked great. You know what I mean? I was just waiting for one. Yeah, I was waiting for one of the Attenberg, Attenberg, uh, Attenberg brothers. And I was like, oh, my God, just start, you know, in the jungles, like stuff like that. I was waiting for it. But uh, Josh Brolin or James Brolin crushed it as the narrator. I thought he was great. And I think that the way that they made it violent, but also made it a family based show separates it because this is kind of like what I thought Umbrella Academy was going to be, where like you could watch it with the family. Yeah, you certainly Academy, can't. You but this, like, this this was yeah. great, you know, and I think I'm biased because I absolutely love the comic, but I think this is one of my favorite shows at the moment, like right now. So I think we're both on the same page with the future for Sweet Tooth. I think we both think that it should get a second season, correct? Oh, 100%. Okay. Here's why I don't – This here's why I think it might struggle. It's a pandemic show that came out still in a pandemic. So I think people are going to think, and I know you said that you think it came out at a better time than it, you know, in the beginning. I still think people are going to be like, oh, um, this is too close to home. And, can you know, tinfoil hat time, right? Not with me because I love this series. But you're getting a bunch of weirdos out there that are like, I'm not having a child because they're going to be hybrid. And we need to boycott the show. I'm surprised the show hasn't been boycotted by, you know, uh, the cancel culture. Because it's, you know, pandemic and they're hybrid children and they're trying to experiment on them. Did you see the did you see the uh, social experiment of the woman who had a baby in prosthetics that looked like an owl? No, I did not. And how people reacted. You need to YouTube that because it is intense. Uh, it was I think the question was like, is the world ready for hybrids? And it was in you know, correlation with this show. But besides that, you know, we're not plugging these videos. 
it's going to get a second season. What do you want to see in season two as somebody who hasn't read the comics but loved the first season of oh, this there's show? There's a lot I want to see. Um, oh, great. So, so I want to see Jeopard and Amy get their kids back. You know okay. what I mean? Like, for I want to see, I want a bigger explanation with Abbott. And he was amazing. And I, dude, I totally did not think it was a thinker from The Flash. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, because I was like, that guy. And we talked about it off air. He kind of looked like Mark Strong with a beard. Yeah, I mean, we we said Mark Strong. I said Ben Kingsley. He looks like any one of these regal yeah. men with beards. Like, strong beard game. Uh, as a bearded man, that was um, a very sexy beard that I am envious of. Yeah. But I also feel like that's my post-apocalyptic look. Yeah, and, like, it was like Neil Sandalis. Sandalands is a... Uh, you know, Abbott, and I'm like, who the heck is this guy? And then I looked up, and it was like the thinker from Flash. I was like, D- I didn't even recognize him. Um, but I want to see what yeah, happens. Did a good with job him because obviously we didn't get really a backstory on him, and you know he's taking over the sanctuary, and you know they're he's making Sing experiment on these kids. So like, I really want them to dive more into Abbott. Um, I also I want to see more hybrid children. I want to. Okay. Yeah, we we didn't really get a, a good look at the crew until like the, the very end, very end when they're hugging and kissing. You know, I we we saw what maybe five good looks at hybrid. Yeah, because like even in the sanctuary when like they were explaining like Amy has taken on these kids, they didn't really show any. I'm like, or they just kind of make it like mysterious and like oh, you know, they showed like a sloth kid and. You know, obviously they show Bobby, but I was like, they're not really showing anything. And not to the very end when they're in like the kennels and, yeah, you know, um, Gus gets up, talks to Wendy and all these children come here and they like hug them, hug everybody. Like, I want to see more of that. Uh, obviously, I want to see um, I want to know about Birdie. Like, you know, she's in Alaska. Yeah. Why is she back in Alaska? And, you know, she's a mystery. So I want to know more. Yeah, I I kind of don't want to know anything about Birdie. No? no, because I, I, you know, I think that gives this show hope. And just based on the comics, like I don't, I don't, I didn't need her when they when they brought her into the story. I was like, I don't need Birdie. Like, I don't need Birdie. But it, as a as a devout comic fan of this, it's going to keep me guessing because that's the. Um, you know the variable of this whole whole series and, of what's going to happen. And the main thing is, I want to call. I want to know what calls the sick. I want to know what calls the sick. Why is it here? Can they get rid of it? If it can get, you know, be eradicated, how it gets eradicated, and I want to know all about that. And the flowers. I think the flowers is kind of weird, and I want to know more about the flowers, the purple flowers. Yeah. Um, obviously, there yeah. was some kind of hallucinogen when uh, Gus fell into them. But I want to, I want to know. I mean, there's so much stuff I want to know about this series. Um, well, how do you think the sick started? Because I feel like they kind of slyly alluded to that in the first season. I maybe I missed it, but so the the military comes yes. in, right? And this is how I got it: the military comes in, they steal all of Birdie and that company's you know, test on yes. everything. And they say that we have this. And at the end of the date with Pobo and Birdie, she goes, 
if they get their hands on this, it could kill millions. And somehow they got their hands on it, right? So do you think like the way I'm seeing it from the, the series perspective, I feel like the government got their hands on it and they created a virus that killed a lot of people or there was like a sleeper agent and maybe that's Abbott and maybe we're going to explore his story deeper and he got it and he just released it. Yeah. I I don't know. Or, you know, maybe could just have been an accident that it was released. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, like they like a vial breaks and yeah, it just kinda, like gets into the water. Kind of like uh, the first um, Resident Evil, you know, when it vial breaks. And, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Like, I I want that to dive in more. Of that there's so many like questions that I want answered. So I'm really hoping this gets a second season. Yeah, I mean, we have most of the same stuff that I want to. Like, I want obviously I want them to stick more to the comics, but I am willing to budge on that because of what they're doing now. Uh, I want to see more of Abbott and the hybrid detainment camp. I want to see that. I want to see more of actually, you know, uh, Johnny, who you kind of see him as like, is he unstable in this group? Because, you know, he let the horse go. He's obviously like close to Abbott, Mm -hmm. like Abbott likes him, even though he's kind of incompetent. So I'd like to see where they go with that. Um, I'd like to see more story building with Bear uh, because I, I thought Stephanie Levi Owen did a great job and I liked Bear's dynamic and the whole animal army, which brings me to another point. I want to know what's going to happen with them. Uh, they, You don't introduce this warring group of lost kids and just for them to you know run through a field of poppies and then they don't come back, right? So is the, well, will the the animal army become like the teen titans of the you know the last men you know what i mean like will that new leader be recruited by abbott to hunt the old leader and to hunt the hybrids lull them in and say you know we love you we hate the adults and then boom we're gonna get more hybrids so i'd like to see that and i also i don't think we're going to get get this but uh what i would really really like to see is more time of jeopard as a last man yeah that'd be cool um i feel like as he's recovering the the first episode should be a flashback to him killing hybrids and killing people because i feel like you know jeopard is he toast the line he's like your anti-hero but he's done some shit and i feel like we need to see what he did to just like humanize this character and also to kind of paint him as like, oh man, this is a man who's on a mission to kind of atone for his actions. So that's what I would like to see. Um, we don't, in our pre-notes, we don't really do a, a rating, but I think that this is a five out of five for me. This was a fantastically done series. I think Christian Cover, uh, Convery, or Convery, who plays Christian Convery, who plays Gus, is phenomenal i i I don't think that there was a bad casting in this series so i'm gonna go um 100 five out of five i want more nonso unnosy because i only know him from like two scenes in game of thrones (laughs) and i mean obviously i know him from artemis foul but so i'm going five out of five yeah i i agree you know when i when i do a five out of five it's for a series that i'm excited to watch the next episode and sad when it's over. So that's yeah. how I base it. Like if, if, if everything, like if I watch an episode and then got to go out somewhere or go to work, I'm like, Oh, 
and I'm anticipating to watch the next episode. And then when I watch the last episode and it's over, I'm upset that it's over. So, like, that's how I base my five out of five. And this was definitely like that. Yeah, um, I'm hoping for a quick turnaround with this series. Maybe uh, summer next year or early, early winter. Yeah, w- but we'll see. I was really hoping uh, during Geek Week they would have said, I know it was early, but shows have got renewed even before it came out the first season so i was hoping not with netflix if this was amazon prime they would have certainly did that but um i was hoping they would at least say something but they didn't so hopefully we hear some news soon yep this will be like dark crystal where we're super pumped for season two and they cancel it but that's it man i uh i highly recommend we highly recommend seeing sweet tooth watching sweet tooth and you know join the conversation with us you can email us activegeekproductions at gmail.com with your thoughts and your criticisms of this wonderful series you can connect with us on social media you can listen to our other podcasts on the network like galaxy wars and cage my iq and you can join the conversation there even if it's sweet tooth how would jeopard do in an octagon you know, talk to Dan and find out how Jeopard would, you know, fight Francis Ngannou and the rest of the UFC heavyweights. But yeah, follow the network, follow us, follow the other shows, follow Chuck, AG Cosplay. We're everywhere. So do that. Next week, we're going to come back and we're going to talk Lucifer season 5B because that happened. Back to back Netflix. Um, listen, I don't want to give free shout outs, but Netflix has to start paying or at least give me a free month. Something or a shirt. God damn it. Give me a shirt. But anyway, get a shirt, get us some shirts, Netflix. We'll be back next week, but also we'll be back this weekend with Loki Lounge episode number two as we break down the trippy, world-bending, time-bending Marvel experiment called Loki and uh, explore more crazy theories. But that's it. We'll be out. Or we'll be back for the Active Geek Podcast. I'm Jim. I am Chuck. And we are out.